If one of the hardest things to figure out these days is what to watch next, first of all, congrats. Second of all, you should check out HBO Max. Discover something new to watch on HBO Max like Lovecraft Country, the new HBO series from Jordan Peele, Misha Green, and J.J. Abrams that's got everyone buzzing. Plus, HBO Max is the only place you'll find new binge-worthy Max originals like Selena Gomez's new cooking show. You heard that right, Selena Gomez's Learning to Cook, from some of the world's best chefs, no less. Find your next favorite all in one place on HBO Max. Start streaming today, download the app, or visit hbomax.com to start your free trial. Welcome to Switched on Pop. I'm musicologist Nate Sloan, and I'm so excited to welcome our special guest today. As you know, my usual co-host, Charlie Harding, is out on parental leave. He's out there taking care of Theo Otis. Good for him. And we have an amazing substitute today. It's Sam Sanders. Welcome, Sam. Thanks for having me. Sam, you're the host of It's Been a Minute with Sam Sanders, the wonderful NPR podcast that covers culture and society. And you are also, if I may dare to say, a music nerd. Oh, my God. Yeah. In fact, the last time we talked, I learned that you studied music in college. I did. I was a double major Uh at the University of the Incarnate Word in political science and music composition. Wow. My instrument saxophone, and I will say you will never hear those compositions. <laughs> <laughs> saxophone. Are we talking alto, tenor, oh, soprano? I started out alto, went through all of them. I landed with tenor because that just has that just feels the most like a oh yeah that's a saxophone yeah, solo. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I I couldn't agree more. And we're gonna call on that expertise okay. a little later. Expertise in the show. is a word <laughs> because. This is a new format for us that I'm really excited about. We did it once uh, over the summer where we have listeners call in and tell us what they're listening to. Mm -hmm. And then we get to go through this kind of Rolodex of new pop tracks. It's so much fun. I love it. It's like my favorite way to learn about new music. Uh, Our listeners are incredibly intelligent and I assume very attractive. So (laughs) we'll uh, hear from some of them about what they're listening to, listen to some of the tracks that they're digging on, and it should be a lot of fun. Let's dive right in. This first selection mm-hmm. is from Amanda C. Hi, Switched on Pop. I'm from Brooklyn, New York. My new favorite release is Really Don't Like You by Tovlo and Kylie Minogue. Kylie is one of my favorite pop artists, and her and Tovlo sounded like a crazy, wonderful pairing. So I was in from the start. It's got a great synth beat, and the lyrics are fantastically honest, even though, as she said, they break the code. I feel like you can really hear that Tovlo's new album was recorded in both L.A. and Sweden, because it really has both of those sounds to me. Let's take a listen to Really Don't Like You by Tovlo and Kylie Minogue. It's like this halftime bounce yeah. situation. It's one of those songs where you can dance slow to it if you want to mm-hmm. or dance fast to it if you want That's to. Cool. Yeah, there's two, kind of two different temporal levels yeah. going on here. 
And it's smooth. It's smooth. All right. So we're we're into this. We like the the smooth kind of temporal shifts. And I think that chorus is really catchy. Yeah. I really don't like you. You look prettier than I do. <laughs> That's a sentiment I think we can all relate to. Oh, yeah. Well, it is this kind of dance floor confessional mm. that we have talked about before. Yes. In Robin's Dancing on My Own. Dancing on My Own. Like this heartfelt pouring out of your emotion on the dance floor. That kind of song will always get me. Yeah. And, you know, as the listener, Amanda C pointed out, perhaps that's an innately Swedish kind of sentiment. <laughs> Robin and Tovlo both being from Sweden. Kylie Minogue. She yeah. never left. I love it. All right, fun. This is a great start. Let's move on to uh, another listener, Melanie C. No relation, I presume. She is calling in to talk about Camila Cabello's track, Liar. I can't stop listening to Camila Cabello's Liar. It's a super catchy song. It makes me want to dance, and I hate dancing. <laughs> it has these great flamenco and Latin beats, which I'm really into, and I love listening to it when I go for a run. It's super upbeat, and it makes me want to run and keep on going. Let's listen to Liar by Camila Cabello. I don't care if you're here or if you're not alone. Too long. It's kinda like it didn't happen. The way that your lips move, the way you whisper slow. I don't care. It's good as gone. Uh, I said I won't lose control. I don't want it. I said I won't get too close, but I can't stop it. Oh no, there you go. Yeah. We're dancing in the studio <laughs> a little bit right now. The chorus gives me a little bit of Ace of Base. Ace of Base. All that she Whoa, wants. Oh, yes! Yeah. <sighs> Camilla. Okay, yeah. I ship it. Okay, so I, I want to zoom in on that. Like... The song starts, it sounds like this, it has this clear Latin influence. As we move into the pre-chorus, you can even hear a clave beat in mm-hmm. the background. Dot, 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 dot. But then the chorus hits. It's so ace of bass. And it's like, yeah, it's like reggae through yes. Swedish pop of yeah. the 90s. I want to hear the chorus again because okay. that really turned me for a loop in a great way. Yeah. <laughs> I find her so interesting. Yeah, tell because me more. Because everything about her presentation is giving me throwbacks to mm. that 90s Latin explosion. You know, it was it was Ricky Martin and J-Lo yep. and Mark Anthony, and some of it felt cheesy. Mm-hmm. The way that Camila Cabello is doing it, it doesn't feel as cloying. Mm. You know, her last big single was Senorita yes. with her boyfriend, Shawn Mendes. Right. And... In spite of the title of the song, yeah. they didn't overdo it. Yeah. And like even her previous big hit, Havana, it was definitely Latin explosion vibes, but it wasn't corny. I, I know what you mean. It's hard to explain it because there was some of that. I mean, like think back to Ricky Martin, his like first burst onto the scene. Yes. It was cheesy. Yes. 
I'm right there living la vida loca. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I see that. This is, dare I, I, I might use a word that's perhaps a little embattled, but it's it feels authentic. It somehow. feels authentic. And and like not even to compare all Latinx artists to other no. Latinx artists, but there is a way that like the industry tries to package some of these folks. And for whatever reason, the, the people around Camila Cabello are yeah. letting her feel authentic and make these bops that work. And, you know, I, on that note, if I were kind of making a, a intellectual stretch, which I'll go ahead and do, <laughs> perhaps the lie that this song is concerned with is about these uh, borders when it comes oh, to yeah. music and when it comes to Caribbean Latinx identity. yeah. yeah. And maybe recognizing that even the difference we're hearing between uh, the sort of reggae chorus uh-huh. and the more Cuban kind of yeah. verse and pre-chorus yeah. is as much a fiction of identity and colonialism as exactly. it is exposing how music travels in these oh yeah these music these travels byways exactly. yeah music travels well and and like if you think I mean like writ large, what does it mean to be Latinx? Mm. It can be any number of ethnicities, any number of skin tones, any number of musical backgrounds. Yeah. It's kind of, I'm not going to say melting pot, but, <laughs> but you know, it's it's a great big salad of lots of ingredients. Love it. It's a d- delicious <laughs> salad. So we should really move on lest okay. this become the Camila Cabello hour. And, Which would be fine. <laughs> and yet I, I, I do need to, to call in your expertise because if we go to the outro of this song, there's an instrument I think you'll be familiar with. Uh-huh. Okay. That's good. Yeah. Little solo tenor sax moment. I long for the return of the killer saxophone solo in popular music. For a while, it was everywhere. I'm just saying, Sam, if you wanted to, like, hit the karaoke bar and bring your horn, (laughs) you could do this whole song and then... Would you play the keys? Absolutely. Done. All right. Let's, Sign me up. Let's, let's get Camilla to come sing. All right. <laughs> head down to K-Town. Okay, moving on. Tyler, the creator, Earthquake. This recommendation comes from listener Alec J. Hi, Nate and Charlie. I'm just talking about how I'm really loving the album Igor by Tyler, the creator. This is a really, really interesting album. It's a breakup album, uh, which I think can often be super one note and then maybe only sad or only really one emotion but I think he really just you kind of can see him go through all of the stages of grief in the album you see him being angry and you see him being sad and you see him being happy and you see him being confused and I think there's just sort of this sort of crazy amount of range and I've really been enjoying it recently All right, Earthquake by Tyler, the creator. Have you heard this one before, Sam? I have. Can I tell you my Tyler, the creator truth? Yes, tell me your truth. I don't understand that man. <laughs> I don't understand him. And I've been like, I have been a follower of his since he came on the scene mm. many, many years ago. And, you know, when he first started out, he was known for just making songs with some of the most incendiary lyrics yep. that you could imagine. Mm-hmm. And throughout his career, I've 
always had a hard time trying to figure out exactly what he's trying to do. Yeah. And he's one of those young rappers that just makes me feel old. I know. I, I feel the same way. It's beguiling. I think he speaks to a slightly perhaps different generation yeah. than, than yeah. we belong to. Uh, this is maybe, on that note, maybe one of the first tracks of his that I it's really accessible. can connect to. Yeah. yeah. Why do you like it? You know, I think what our listener Alec uh, wrote is like kind of the emotion he's displaying mm-hmm. on this album. This mm-hmm. track might be a nice evidence of that. And I can really hear it in the chorus. He's singing about uh, an earthquake, which I guess is a metaphor for, yeah. you know, love or a breakup. Mm-hmm. And every time he does, that chorus hits, there's this bass that is so intense yeah. that it it creates the feeling of like a heart a quake. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> or a heart. heart quaking. That's... <laughs> That's more poetic, Sam. I'm, I'm thinking of like a literal. I'm just thinking of driving in my car over to the studio to record this. And feeling the shaking. And my yeah, my my rear view mirror is just like yeah, yeah. I think it's a cool example of what we sometimes call text painting, where mm. the music illustrates the meaning the of the word. Yeah, a song I about like an that. earthquake, and it literally yeah. quakes your speakers. Yeah. Do you know what it is about him? Yeah, his persona is that of like a jokester or a prankster. Mm. But he's also given you these very deep emotional messages. Yeah. And I never know when to take him seriously. Yeah. If that makes sense. I think that makes sense. And and I again, I wonder if that's a generational thing. There's like a language seeped in irony that yes. Yes. The, the kids The kids are... get it. It's like those whistles that only young people can hear. <laughs> <laughs> that is Tyler, the creator. Yeah. Oh, my God. I take, there are many Tyler songs that I love. Yeah. Uh, and I find the trajectory of Odd Future entirely fascinating. Absolutely. Entirely yeah. fascinating. And the numerous artists involved with oh that God, and so many. the different routes they've taken. Sid, yeah. Frank, Tyler. There's more. It's They're, they're great. Moving on now to a heavy hitter of pop. Hey, you've got John from Atlanta, Georgia, and I'd love to tell you why I love Cruel Summer by Taylor Swift. You know, you've got Jack Adjanoff, you've got St. Vincent providing these incredible 80s-style synths and guitar riffs and this explosive chorus that really kind of takes you away. All you need to do is get like 40 seconds of the song, everyone is screaming the chorus, talking about a new feeling, a new body, a blue feeling. Taylor Swift is enveloped in this love, this fiery, passionate, lust-filled, you know, experience with someone where she's worried that she may not even be able to keep this person, you know? She doesn't want to keep secrets just to keep them. She exclaims in the song, I love you. Ain't that the worst thing you've ever heard? You know, for me, I can just really relate to that, especially as someone in the LGBTQ plus community. I've had experiences where we're experiencing a lot together and all of a sudden, I have this feeling in my head, I love you, but I can't say that because I'm scared that that might be the worst thing they've ever heard and it only creates a more impossible situation for me and this other person, just like Taylor exclaims in this song. Let's take a listen to Taylor Swift's Cruel Summer. Yeah, that's it. I am the least likely individual to give Taylor Swift praise. Yeah. But she did what she had to do with this album. All right. She did what she had to do. Sam Sanders. I'm going to tell you what it is. Tell me. For the longest time, it felt like Taylor Swift would get older. Yeah. But her music would not. Mm. And she was making these songs that felt like notes you passed around in homeroom Uh freshman year of high school. (laughs) Yeah. And that worked for a minute, but after a while I was like, 
you're grown. Yeah. <laughs> and this is the first album I've heard from her that feels like it is her age. I love that. And I also think that anytime you've got Jack Antonoff mm-hmm. guiding your album, it's going right. to be great. Yeah. One of my favorite albums of the last decade is probably Lord's Melodrama. Yes, yes. Which is a Jack Antonoff and Lord opus. Mm-hmm. And you hear his influence in this album as well. Totally. And Taylor is very good at this and Lord's very good mm-hmm. at this. They never give all of themselves away yeah. to a co-writer. You can still hear the Taylor as well as the Jack, especially on a song like this, Cruel Summer. I, I like it. Yeah. I love that analysis. I not only hear Antonov's influence, I hear Lord's too. Yeah. yeah. The, the line um, our listener, uh, John, kind of called out here, uh, I love you. Ain't that the worst thing you ever heard? Yeah. That just feels like one of it's those so it's melancholic like, I should be happy, but lines. I'm sad. Yeah. That's Lord. <laughs> that is Lord, and we love it. Also, she does this thing, Taylor does, uh, and, yeah. it, and it's become kind of her trademark in the way that for years Rihanna would do the Ella, Ella, A, A, A. Mm. Taylor Swift does this little, like, uptick, up jump on some of these notes that she bends up like a sing-songy kind of, yeah. kind of way. Below, devils roll the Devils on the dice, never run the heights. She's very. It is this cheerleader esque. Yeah. Ooh, Mickey, you're huh. so fine. Sing songy thing. Yeah. That she began doing a few years ago, and it graded on me. But now she's very good at doing it, and I'm like, okay, yeah. That's interesting. So she's like perfected that. She's perfected the art that of device. being Taylor Swift. Yeah. With wow. this album, I think the album itself was probably five or six tracks too long, but the ones that hit, no They hit. Yeah. And it, it, it is interesting because for the longest time, Taylor Swift and the presentation of Taylor Swift has gone on my nerves. Yeah. And I don't know what You're happened. Not alone there. Yeah, yeah. Something happened to her after the whole Kanye Kim brouhaha. She kind of, I don't know, maybe she sat in a quiet room and thought some stuff out, but something mm. about her now feels extremely earnest and relatable in a way that it didn't feel before. So I'm, I'm not going to say I'm a Taylor Stan, <laughs> but. Taylor, you did what you had to do. There we go. You're inching closer to it. (laughs) Thanks so much, John V., for that beautiful message. All right, from one pop heavy hitter to another, let's move from Taylor Swift to the new song from Lana Del Rey, Ariana Grande, and Miley Cyrus, Mm. Don't Call Me Angel. Uh, I won't. Trust. (laughs) Thanks to uh, listener John. Hey, this is John from Baltimore, Maryland. I just wanted to call in and say a little bit about why I'm really loving uh, Don't Call Me Angel. So that song is just a total bop. I mean, the production, I think, is amazing. I love that, like, little bell sound in the background. The I don't know. There's something really infectious about that particular part of the song. And honestly, I just love the fact that it's these three women at the top of their game collaborating together, and it just feels very powerful. Um, and it reminds me of, like, songs from the past where uh, female artists would collaborate and make these big pop songs like uh, Bang Bang with Ariana Grande, uh, Jessie J, and Nicki Minaj, and then, of course, Lady Marmalade with uh, Christina, Maya, Pink, Little Kim. So I think that's why I'm really feeling it. Sam Sam Gann is beside himself. <sighs> Can I tell you, and 
I don't know the 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 listener that called in. Yeah. But sorry to that man, John from Baltimore. <laughs> John, we disagree. Yeah. I do not like this song. It feels like smoke and mirrors. Mm. You know, in the run-up to the release of this song, everyone's like, there's going to be this big banging single for the new Charlie's Angel with yeah. three of the biggest women in pop. And I'm like, oh, I'm ready for this. And yeah. then I listen, much ado about nothing. <sighs> it is this, it, like, it it pretends like it, it wants to be a good pop song. Mm. The drums are coming in. They're trying to, they're trying to do it. You can tell that the, 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 the production cost money. <laughs> But nothing about this song lands. Nothing about this song sticks. Yeah. Does this song stick to you? No, it doesn't. It doesn't stick for me. I mean, I'm wary of, uh, you know, pushing back against John from Baltimore. John from Baltimore. Also, I'm sure that we would get along perfectly well in person. And I'm I'm sorry I feel bad saying this, but I don't like the song. I'm not sure I agree with the idea that this is a sort of throwback to Bang Bang or Lady Marmalade or even the original Charlie's Angels bop independent women. women. The difference here is that I don't hear these three singers really melding together in any way. It doesn't sound like Like, they even recorded together. Like, if you can fast forward to the Lana verse, it literally sounds like she was in a different country recording. (laughs) Like, (laughs) it's... I'm like, Lana, where are you at? The grave? Lana missed her flight. <laughs> Lana, where are you at? Man. Lana's singing through a sheet right now. While on Quaaludes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really sorry to John from Baltimore. I, John, let me make it up to you. Well, we, we have a chance. Let's, John also has some thoughts about Lana. Well, let's continue uh, to hear from, from John now. And I'm also, just to comment as well, feeling happiness as a butterfly, which is exclusively just Lana's song. Um, simply, I think, because the lyrical content of that song is so precise and so beautiful and it really captures in my opinion what i think is the essence of happiness it is a fleeting moment and we just have to learn to cherish it and remember that it's not always going to be there but when it does come it's something to um to really hold a lot of value let's listen to happiness is a butterfly by lana del rey Escapes from my hands into moonlight. Every day is a lullaby. I'm it on the phone like every night. Sing it for my babies on the tour life. Ah, if he's a serial killer, then what's the word? The specificity uh-huh. of Lana Del Rey's lyrics. Yeah. Cut to the bone. Yeah. Like, cut mm-hmm. to the bone. Some of the songs kind of like the other songs, and she likes to stay in that place. Right. But when she goes she to that, that place, place, she yeah. can occupy it yeah. so well. It really is so beautiful to see her stay in the game long enough to really hit her stride. Because yeah. you recall, when she started out, everyone just trashed her and said, what is going on? What is she doing? And now with this album especially, you're like, oh, she knows exactly mm-hmm. what she's doing. This is maybe my chance to get back on John from Baltimore's good side because okay. I maybe was similar to you. I, I listened to this album when it came out and it kind of, I didn't really get it. But then after John called in, I really listened to this 
track carefully, probably for the first time, uh-huh. just uninterrupted, just yeah. focus. And like you said, it really got to me. It really, the specificity of her lyrics, like you said, and the close miking, the vulnerability, because you're oh, like yeah. hearing every, like her lips almost yeah. like separating oh, yeah. and yeah. like even maybe a little bit of like spittle in yeah. her mouth or something. It's like, whoa, it's very intimate. Yeah. The moral of Lana Del Rey's story is that she is hurt and you're hurt too. Mm. And like everything that she does is tapping into this lingering, not quite melancholy, but maybe perhaps. Mm. But, and, and like she lives there in this way that lets you kind of live there with her too and it's just relatable and it's hard it's hard to explain but like she made the album that was like perfect for her to make yeah which is perhaps the exact same reason that it doesn't work on yeah don't call me angel exactly because no. that's not her vibe i will say it was this album from lana it was also a jack antonoff production that's right yes wow he is He's the everywhere yeah the hand behind the wheel yeah. of modern pop. You know, we tried to book him on the show a year or two ago. Yeah. Couldn't get him. But I'm really interested in what it means to be a man making pop music right now with such powerful women. Yeah. You know, Taylor, Lord, Lana, St. Vincent. Vincent. Yeah. He's helped make all of their last few albums. That's a fascinating position to be in. Yeah. All right. Sam, I hope you get him on your show because I really want to hear the answer oh, to that. Yeah. If I get him, you're going to come on with me. All right. We'll see you there. Him. Yeah. So at this point, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to turn our focus away from the top of the pop charts to some of the more fringe music that our our listeners are hearing right now. Searching for what to stream next? HBO Max is where all of HBO meets the greatest collection of movies, shows, and Max originals for everyone in the family. Discover something fresh to watch with new HBO series like Lovecraft Country from Jordan Peele, Misha Green, and J.J. Abrams, or The Undoing, starring Nicole Kidman and Hugh Grant. You can also jump into a new Max original like Selena Gomez's new cooking show, Selena and Chef, or The Flight Attendant, a dark new comedic thriller starring Kaylee Cuoco. Ridley Scott's even producing a new series called Raised by Wolves. Whether you want to rewatch classic favorites or finally get into that show your friends have recommended a thousand times, HBO Max has something for everyone. Start streaming today and find your next favorite. Download the app or visit hbomax.com to start your free trial. Support for this podcast comes from the IT experts at CDW, people who get it. At CDW, we get the future workplace works differently. Today's my first day back. Almost forgot what floor we were on. Understandable. But with modern health and safety technology orchestrated by CDW, the future can work better. Technology like thermal screening and occupancy tracking enables employees to walk confidently into the office. Wait, this isn't my floor. Is this even my building? Even if it's been a while. IT orchestration by CDW. People who get it. Find out more at cdw.com slash work. We're back with Sam Sanders, and we're listening to your favorite tracks of the moment. Let's move right along into an artist I've been wanting to talk about for a long time. This is a track from King Princess called Prophet, and here to tell us about it is listener Steve G. Hey, Switched on Pop. This is Steve from Oakland. I'm calling because I can't get King Princess's Prophet out of my head. It's that groovy, repetitive chorus, which sounds like a motor struggling to start up. And those lyrics in which every phrase and every thought ends in you. 
The song's like a meditation on obsession. No wonder it's stuck in my head. Let's hear this meditation in obsession. Where is she from? I'm not sure where King Princess is from. I know she was a student at the USC Thornton School of Music, where I teach, until she dropped out. This whole song is really in the pocket. This is a song that, to me, belongs to a subgenre of songs, as you say, in the pocket. They kind of, like, stop time, in a way. Yeah. I was listening to this, and... It just sort of soundtracks your world. It's like everything starts to move in time to it. Someone biking by in perfect uh-huh. rhythm. Someone yelling on their phone in time to yeah. the beat. You're like, oh, yeah. this, And then it's over and you're like, that could have been a minute or 20. I, yeah. I'm not totally sure. Yeah. Now, she's affiliated with Mark Ronson. And I actually heard her uh, on the new Mark Ronson album because she has a track on yeah. there with him. And he's really interesting to me because he, he does these collabo albums every few years. And right, he just right. finds new people. And says, oh, you, come show yourself to the world. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know, I like her already, but with Mark Ronson's like stamp of approval, I'm like, I know I'm going to love whatever she does. Imprimatur, yeah. This is definitely an artist on the come up. I'm glad we got to listen to a track. Thanks, Steve G., for bringing it to our attention. Moving right along, another artist. This is now, we're fulfilling some items on our, our, our wish list here, things that we've been meaning to talk about for a while. One of those artists is Kim Petrus. And here to recommend her track, Hillside Boys, is our very own producer, Megan Lubin. Hello, this is Megan, and I'm here to tell you about Kim Petrus. Uh, Kim is a singer and songwriter from Germany. Uh, she makes electronic dance pop, so think Charlie XCX, think Tovlo, those kinds of artists. Um, I first discovered Kim earlier this summer when a friend sat me down to watch her song, Hillside Boys. There's this video of her doing it live in New York, and it's just her and a single acoustic guitar for accompaniment. And I was struck by two things right away. So one is that she's a really emotive performer. When she sings, you can see it in her face and hands, and I just loved how she put her whole body into this song. I think when the vast majority of the music we listen to is recorded and streamed, it's really easy to forget that the way that an artist physically is on stage can actually pull you in as much or even more than the music. The second thing that I noticed is that in this video, she belts out the song so intensely that she has to continuously catch her breath throughout the performance. And through it all, she's just about perfectly on pitch, all while nearly shouting this song. It is so earnestly and convincingly performed. From there, I found her songs Heart to Break and I Don't Want It All, which have streamed a cumulative 47 million times on Spotify. She is a bona fide pop goddess. I love her. I think she just put out a Halloween album. Who does that? I don't know. Anyway, Kim Petras, check her out. Thanks, guys. Let's spin a little bit of Hillside Boys. Just once or twice is too many times when you know the end. So hard to deny, so hard to forget. Oh, Hillside Boys, you call my name. You make my heart sparkle like champagne. You break my love machine. Yeah, Hillside Boys, you call Cool. 
Yeah. You know what it is. It's yeah. like this song could be cheesy, uh-huh. but her earnestness makes it work. Wow. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> I think that I think you hit the nail on the head. This is like pop with a capital P. Yes. And a capital O. Yes. And another capital P. This is mall P. pop. This is mall pop. <laughs> <laughs> Where's Tiffany? Yeah. Just an, uh, a genre that, like the mall itself, you might think is dying, but here's Kim yeah. Petras bringing it back. Yes, and everyone loves a good mall. Yeah, and I think you're right. It works because her voice just, there's no room for, for you not to be convinced. Yeah. Hillside boys, you call my name. You make my heart sparkle like champagne. Mm. You break my love machine. It only works when she sings it. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we can't, we're not expecting a, a Sam Sanders no. remix of, no, this, no, uh, no. of this song. I will say I began to play her Halloween album last night. It's very Halloween-ish. All right, there we yeah, go. Yeah. So we're not, we won't listen to it here, but if you're <laughs> feeling in a spooky mood, yeah, yeah. go out and check it out. Let's wrap up uh, before we turn the mic over to you, Sam, for your, your own uh recommendation on what to listen to. We've got one more selection here uh, from Zach Mack, and he's been listening to... Oh, Zach to Mack! Zach he's in Mack. podcast where I know Zach. Hi, yeah. Zach! <laughs> he's been listening to an artist called IDK, and he recommends the track uh, Porno. <laughs> I shouldn't have laughed at that. <laughs> hey, what's up, guys? Zach Mack here. I wanted to recommend IDK's new album, Is He Real? And I heard this album, and I immediately was just like, really interested it kind of has like an adhd style where there's these moments with really aggressive (laughs) abrasive hip-hop lyrics and sounds and beats and then moments oftentimes in the same song where it'll just like chill out and become really melodic and change uh there's this song porno with Pusha t the song's only three minutes and 22 seconds and just in that short time it feels like you're listening to four or five different songs. It really kind of changes up pace and tempo and energy and even the beat. So like everything will change about this song in, in the middle of the song several times. And it, and it just, it, the album in general just takes you on a ride. It has really weird and interesting skits and throws a lot of curveballs at you. I just, I had a lot of fun listening to it. Check it out. The strawberry lemonade lips make a wicked blood pressure go drip, 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 bass. What is the devil like? Six, 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 bass. What is the devil like? Six, six, six. When I got you on my mind, ain't no room for a thought. When you laying on my chest, ain't no room for my heart. Girl, you know we wasting time like tick, tick, tick. Girl, you sucking up my time like tick, tick, tick. The Bible says. And killing is equal, but that don't add up. Cause the amount of times that I milk my shit will probably be considered cereal. Them cocoa puff titty balls make a nigga balls fall inside of a jaws while the draws fall all like a nightstand in an earthquake caused by the This is like the kids in the band hall after the band director has left rehearsal and they just keep jamming on their own, <laughs> making stuff up. But I like it. Yeah, I, I similarly, I'm, I'm really. Uh, this really strikes me. This is like something I, I feel like I need to go back and listen to a yeah. few times. It's all over the place. It's funny. It also seems really honest at points and is really like tackling addiction. Um, I yeah, also love this is it. Wild. Yeah, and and this has been a thing that I've noticed in hip hop albums for the last several years. There'll be these songs that start one way and all of a sudden become a different song mm, in the yeah. midst of the track. Yeah, I love that. We hear, we hear that uh, perhaps on a, a track like "Sicko Mode" by yeah, Travis it's Scott. like three different songs. Yeah, 
And I am just so into it. And I wonder if part of that speaks to the shortened attention span that our smartphones and the internet and social media and streaming has given us. Perhaps, but, yeah. But, like, they mix it up every minute or so. Yeah, it's, it's like watching uh, a series of TikTok videos yes. turned into a single pop yes. song. Yeah, that's yeah. interesting. I'm into it. All right. IDK, I want to check them out. All right, thank you, Zach Mack. We have more listener suggestions that, uh, unfortunately, we just don't have time to cover here, but they're all great. So we'll make a playlist, and we'll share that in the show notes of this podcast. At this point, Sam, let's turn it over to you. I'm so curious to know what you have been listening to lately. Yes. So I have been low-key obsessed with this artist named Jai Paul for years. He came onto the scene... Five or six years ago with this breakout single that was on all the year-end best of lists. It's called B-T-S-T-U. B-T-S-T-U. And the song was big. People loved it. And everyone was like, where's a Jaipal album? Yeah. He got signed to uh, XL Records. Oh, sure. It, yeah. And so this was a, XL Records, yeah. They're responsible for some big indie acts. And the thinking was Jaipal is going to be the next big thing. Uh-huh. He is this... Indian, British, R&B, funk, dubstep artist whose music is wonderfully post-genre and just transcendent. But what happens is, Uh after BTS to You is a big single, um, his album or mixtape is leaked online. Uh Uh-oh. And it's only available online for two or three days before it's pulled. Hmm. And then Jai Paul says, my brother leaked it. He wasn't supposed to. You weren't supposed to hear that. Leave me alone. Yeah. And for years, the only way to find these songs is through weird roundabout SoundCloud Vimeo links. And there was this small cult following that would just seek out these Jai Paul songs that were never actually released. Flash forward to 2019. Yeah. He releases the whole thing. Wow. And he calls it Leak. (laughs) Oh, <laughs> Oh my God, wait. Yeah. What a story full of family drama and twists oh, yeah. and turns. Yeah, and so we never figure out if he wanted it all to be this way or, yeah. his, or if his brother oh. actually duped him. But I want to huh. play one of the songs from the album that speaks to how he is just entirely post-genre in a good way. The song is called Straight Out of Mumbai. Great. Oh, future fun. And it's got a little banger in there, too. So good. <laughs> And so the whole thing about this whole mixtape, and it comes to even now, he never finished the final mix. So you hear the bass is really heavy. Yeah. Some of the levels are distorted. Some of the things come in and out. It sounds real choppy. Totally. A little unfinished. unfinished. Yeah. On purpose. It's so good, though. I know. And, and, And it works because it's got this, like say yes philosophy it's like yeah do you want a, a bangra sample yeah. at the top of this yes, yes. <laughs> do you want like video game sounds yes. uh dispersed yes do you want weird glitches that make you think yeah. the song is stopping but then it goes yeah. again yes do you want a saxophone here we go yes, yes. yeah <laughs> Just... so yeah this is the this is the first full track on the album uh the next one that i love is a track called genevieve from the same album also all of these songs have unfinished in the title so the official huh. title of this song is genevieve Unfinished. Can we hit that one? This one's gonna blow your mind, Nate. It's gonna blow your mind. I'm ready. 
What is happening? Ooh. It's future funk. That is wild. You know, I feel like I've been looking for an artist to fill the void left by Prince for some time. This is it. There's, you hear this? I, there's elements it's of so that in here. funky. And it's fat, you know, for a long time in pop, I feel like there was this desire to make your music as meticulous and perfectly engineered mm-hmm. and flawless as possible. Mm-hmm. I wonder if this represents another approach that we're seeing it. more. Yeah. Keep it rough. Rough, unfinished. Yes. It gives me Basement Jacks vibes. Mm. There were there was a lot of stuff on like the first two Basement Jacks albums that it it sounded like they just threw everything in the blender. Yeah. And we're like, what is this gonna sound yeah. like? <laughs> I like that. And Jai Paul's kind of doing that. Yeah. Like this is really cool. There's synths, there's vocal, there's this. It's, it's, it's all just like this wonderful mashup. And you can just hear his talent. Like, he's a musician. Yeah. Sam, thank you so much for putting Jai Paul on our radar. I'm definitely going to be listening to this record more. Oh, yeah. And I'll be looking forward to, to whatever comes out next. Oh, yeah. This has been so much fun. I, I love this. I can't thank you enough for, for joining us today. Let's do it again sometime. Done. Thank you to everyone who wrote, called in with uh, a recommendation. If you didn't make it on the show, we still so appreciate it, and we're going to throw up a playlist of all these songs in our show notes. Go check out Sam Sanders' fantastic NPR podcast, It's Been a Minute. You can hear it on your radio dial or anywhere you get podcasts. Switched on Pop is produced by me, Nate Sloan, and Charlie Harding. We're engineered by Brandon McFarland, and Megan Lubin is our production fellow. We had special engineering help today from NPR West's own Josh Newell. Thank you so much, Josh. The executive producers of Switched on Pop are Liz Nelson and Nishat Kurwa, and we're a member of the Vox Media Network. You can find more episodes anywhere you get podcasts. We'll be back in another week with a hot new episode. And until then, thanks for listening. Should I apologize once more to John from Baltimore? (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, man. (laughs) 